Rusty Quill presents. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I've always wondered if it hurts a caterpillar to become a butterfly. When they emerge, skins shed, having become something beautiful and vulnerable, do they think that it's worth it? Perhaps they never spend a thought on it at all. I suppose you'll never know. Anyway, welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. Welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. It feels like an eternity since I've said that. Kind of. Believe it or not, I've spent most of the last few weeks asleep. Anna said it was more of a comatose situation, but between you and I, faithful listeners, she does tend towards the melodramatic. Either way, I'm back now, and I'm fine, faithful listeners. Or, well, as fine as you could expect to be. Thank you for your concern on the forums, all of you. I haven't been able to respond to much of it because, well, I've been asleep and it's also, it's a lot. I appreciate you, faithful listeners. Thank you. I won't lie to you. Things have been hard 
I keep thinking it will get easier, but it doesn't. I keep thinking that... I keep thinking... Sometimes I think I remember what happened. The vague shape of a banister under my palm, the buzz of flies, the smell of death. But then it's gone. Like dry sand through my fingers. I can't hold on to it. So for those of you asking, I... I'm afraid I don't know. Kitty told me there was a flash of light and then I was on the ground next to what Madame Marie had carved into the floorboards. My name. A hair apparent. There is something else there when I think the words. The shape of a phrase. The taste of something bitter at the back of my throat. And the smell of roses. But that's it. I want to ask Madame Marie. I need to ask her, but... She's gone. Really gone. I can't reach her wherever she is. I tried. I laid out a board, cast a circle, turned on Spirit Box Radio, but it's... There is this gaping space where she should be. Like a cliff edge in pitch black dark. It probably doesn't mean anything. I've never been good at arcanism. Which brings me to the purpose of this episode, actually. I've had plenty of time since I woke up to think about what we're going to do here at the Advice and Community segment now that Madame Marie is... Now that I... I, I don't know enough about arcanism to give you the sort of advice Madame Marie used to. So I thought that the focus of the segment could shift towards bringing in the expertise of other, more proficient arcanists. This way, I'll learn so much and I'm sure there'll be loads for you to learn too. Today, longtime friend of the show, the bog witch Adelphus, has agreed to come on and talk to us about... Well, she didn't actually specify what it was that she was going to tell us, but it will surely be about her unique methods for witchcraft. For those of you who don't know, Rhytidia is a bog witch which, um... Uh, typically, bog witches are very connected to the earth and the ground, that kind of thing, according to the Little Book of Big Magic. Rhytidia has a particular interest in, well, mud. Anyway, I'm sure she'll explain all this to you in more detail. I have her waiting on the line, so I'll bring her on for you now. Rhytidia, are you there? Where else would I be? Thanks for agreeing to The be- thing you have to understand about the mud is that it sinks. Right. Sit in the edge of any bog, swamp, or sludge pile, and you can hear it. The bubbles, the movements of creatures submerged in ooze. All of it comes together in a beautiful harmony. The mud song. So, you would call yourself a bog witch, wouldn't you, Rotidia? But this sounds like a kind of divination. Uh, you arcanists in your categories. The lines are blurrier than you'd like. <laughs> Muddier. Course. Really, the difference between me and someone who just uses the mud for predicting things is that I am not so self-important as to think the mud is always singing for me. I simply listen to what it has to say and respond. And in return, the mud offers me favors. You get favors from mud? Yes, but only after years of developing my relationship with it. What would you advise any young arcanists out there hoping to develop their own, um, relationship with mud? First step is to get your head out from where it's been wedged between your buttocks and understand that what you want to do is about as far from the neatly defined lines of arcanism as you can get. You're going to have to get dirty. That goes without saying. <laughs> I couldn't agree less. 
Too often I've seen young pretenders think they can scoop a bit of mud into a jar and call themselves a bog witch. You've got to get out there. Get your toes into it if you really want to connect. So you'd suggest going out barefoot? It's a start, is what I'm saying. So once you've started doing that, how do you learn the song of the mud? It's a skill. It takes time and practice. You have to connect with it. Wallow in it. Sleep in it. That's what you need to do. You can take some mud home with you, or, but make sure it goes back to its point of origin when you spend a few days with it or it will die. And the last thing you want to do is be haunted by dirt. Trust me. That does sound pretty nasty. If you're just starting out, the best thing you can do is get your hands in it. Really dig your fingers deep into the mud and feel it get into all the creases of your knuckles. Into the whorls of your skin. Really let it soak in there. Bring it up to your ear and listen. The crackle of tiny bubbles. The subtle slick slip of mud adjusting to your presence. Understand that you could become one with it. Understand that there is very little difference between you and the mud. Understand that what difference there is between you is that you have left the mud behind. You have lost your connection. And now you must do deference in order to regain that connection you have lost. Mud is the world. That's why we call it the Earth. Um, what about people who live in drier climates? I am, there is more to the song of mud than bubbles and slips. You can learn to read cracks like runes to uh, understand the ways in which dry mud flakes in your hands is to interpret a message from it. Fascinating. Is there a There book? is no book because there does not need to be a book. Everything you can learn from the mud, the mud will teach you. If only you become open to learning it. Right. And how do you... You have a tendency, young witchling, to tie yourself in knots looking for answers that both do not exist and are right in front of you. Connect with the mud, Samael. I'll give that a go. Thanks, Rotidia. I'm sure some of the faithful listeners found that very informative. Eh, perhaps. I saw three of you when you were small, and the only one of you that showed even the slightest respect and attention to detail was Anastasia. Anna? Really? You and Ekaterina are far too close-minded. Anna has an open mind. Exceptionally so. You must have her and Kitty confused. Anna is the most stubborn person I know. Sometimes, when a situation is baffling, it takes courage and open-mindedness to think inside the box rather than out of it. There is worth in seeking explanations where you've been taught to seek them, and reaching out in other directions of those methods fail you. You and Ekaterina are happy to stubbornly stay in your lane and never ask the difficult questions. Hey, that's not true. Nevertheless... Well, thanks anyway, right idea. Unless you have something else to add. Mm, no. No, I'm done. Great. In that case, uh, thank you for... Everything. Why does she do that? Every time I call her, she just hangs up. It's like she doesn't want to speak to me or something. I mean, why agree to be on the show at all, you know? Um, but whatever. I'm not going to pretend like I could have any great insight into the motions of Rytidia Elvis. 
She came over, you know, just as I started waking up. I was trying to talk to her and she was completely ignoring me. It was extremely frustrating. She just kept talking to Anna like I wasn't even there. And then, apropos of nothing, she dumped an entire jar of mud right on my face. It was cold, too, and really thick. It smelled divine, though. Like the air after a heavy summer rain. Petrichor is the word, I think. After she left, it took me an hour to wash the stuff out of my hair. I had to sit in the bath with a mirror, picking at it. It dried like pottery, almost. It was a real shocker, too, because it was the first time I'd seen a reflection, and <laughs> my hair, well... Whatever happened to me in Madame Marie's office, the streak of grey that's been there pretty much as long as I can remember, which isn't really saying much, I know, but it's spread. Kitty says I was sort of smoking when the ringing in her ears had let up enough that she could get over to me. They didn't see anything happen, her or Anna. It was just this flash of light and then there I was, sizzling and grey on the floor. Weirdest of all, though, I have this birthmark on my neck. It's shaped almost like an algist, but it's sort of wonky. It used to be just sort of pale and not raised at all, but since whatever happened, it's kind of inflamed, bruise-coloured and thick under my fingers, like someone has pressed a strand of yarn into my skin. It's... well, it's bizarre. Maybe it's an allergic reaction to Rididia's mud. I'd ask Kitty and Anna about it, but, well, they've gone. Kitty said she had to get back to the old house, the impossible house, to see if anything had changed, what with the whole of Madame Marie's office apparently showing up under the studio. I tried to remind her about the old new window, but I was still not really with it at that point, and she just sort of frowned and patted me on the head. I don't know what to think. How did an office appear under the studio, which I feel, I must remind you, is already in a basement? It must have been at least another seven, eight feet under the ground. A few of you mentioned this on the forums, and it's not like Kitty had any reason to be lying, but I don't understand. If all three of us were down there, it can't have been a hallucination, and the new old window can't be argued with. The funniest thing happened the first day I was alone in the house since they left. I was standing in my room, looking at the picture of the door with the light around the frame, and I glanced up. It was dark outside, and with the light on in my room I could see myself reflected in the glass of the new old window, a thousand drawings of the white door on the wall behind me, but then I realised they weren't the same drawings as the ones on the wall that was actually behind me. They were my sketches, yes, and they were of the white door, but they were organised differently and stopped a few feet short of the ceiling, as though I was too short to reach the rest of the wall. I am not the tallest person in the world, but I can reach up high enough to stick sketches on the wall. It was like I had the reach of a child. As I stared at my reflection, the edges of the sketches quivered as though in a breeze, but I couldn't feel it. The door to my room, which I was sure I had left open, inched open. There was someone in the gap between the door and the frame. I saw a hand and the toe of a heavy boot, and I whipped around to see whoever it was, but it was just my room. The sketches all the way up to the ceiling, my bedroom door hanging open like I'd left it.
Revel was suspended awkwardly across the banisters like he was melting. He meowed at me like he was asking if I was okay and hopped down as soon as he saw the state I'd got myself into. We sat on the floor together for a while until I could breathe again. That's not the only thing either. It took me a few days after I woke up to pluck up the courage to go down into the studio. The desk was still shoved aside and there it was, the trap door. My heart was in my throat when I saw it. It was real, the pentagram and all. My palms were sweating as I reached for the hollow groove at the side so I could pull it up and wrench it open. I dropped the door back, my eyes squeezed shut in horrid anticipation and then it was just dirt. Maybe if I knew how to listen to the mud like Rytidia would be able to tell me something, but I don't know. And I don't have anyone to ask. How long was it between us going down there and the room disappearing? It's not something I even thought to ask Kitty before she left. I didn't even know the room was gone. I'd ask Anna, but, well, she's gone too, but with less of an explanation. For a few days, I really wasn't up to much talking and she stayed, ignoring me whenever I tried to speak. Then the first day I started to feel enough of myself to get out of bed, she said, right then, and then she'd left. I tried calling her, but, well, I think she's blocked my number. I'll be fine, faithful listeners. I've not blacked out for two full days now. Oh, goodness, I'm so sorry, faithful listeners. I do go on a bit, don't I? Uh, let's see what's been happening on the forums. I've not been completely up to date, for obvious reasons, but there are a few things that leaped out at me to mention. A few people have been commenting on Jimmy's post about his late partner, Ben, remarking that they'd had similar experiences of roses appearing briefly, temporarily, shortly after the death of a loved one. The deaths were often, though not always, of a sudden or dramatic nature. Someone's brother fell down the stairs. A best friend had a spontaneous heart attack. Someone's neighbour slipped and hit her head on the bathroom floor. The disappearing roses were seen at different times, sometimes right after the person died, and sometimes not. Janet's neighbour Beryl, for example, fell on her pruning shears when she decided to trim a branch on a hedge during brunch. Janet didn't know how to react. It was an instantaneous and fairly neat death by Janet's account. She rushed over to Beryl, who had the shears sticking right out of the back of her neck, and as she knelt down in horror, knowing already that nothing could be done for her friend, she saw in the hedge a deep red rose. As she watched, the petals plucked themselves free and twisted upwards into smoke, one by one, until the flower was completely gone. It took seconds. The other story that stood out was Michael's. He went away for the weekend, and it wasn't until he came back on the Tuesday that he found his housemate Josh dead in his sleep. Michael knew as soon as he found him that Josh had been gone for days, and the autopsy confirmed that he died of a spontaneous heart attack sometime Friday evening, just hours after Michael had left. Josh's gaming computer was still on in the corner of the room when Michael found him, wheezing and groaning, heat coming off it in waves and making the smell of the room that much worse. On the glowing rainbow keyboard, Michael saw a rose. Before his eyes, it twisted and turned in on itself, rose petals furling strangely inward and up, and then it was gone, as though it folded itself into nothing. 
The thing about that is, the rose wasn't there for Josh. Or maybe it was at first, but it wasn't only there for him. It was there for Michael too. Whatever message these things are trying to convey, it's not just for the victims. It's for the people left behind too. A calling card. But what's the point in a calling card that disappears? If my rose came from the same place, why did it reform the way it did? And who died to have left it there? Was it M? But at that point, none of us even knew she was... Not one of the 15, 16 people who claim to have seen one of these temporary roses has said anything about them reconstituting themselves. Though, of course, none of them have said anything about there being anything left behind once the rose turned to smoke. And after Oliver the florist touched my rose, there was a considerable amount of ash left behind. Far more than one rose should have left. Especially not one that hasn't even been on fire. Perhaps I should try to talk to Oliver about the rose again. No. No. Couldn't. I'm not quite up for making the trip to the shop yet, and I... Uh, well, to be frank with you, faithful listeners, I look pretty terrible at the moment, with this bright red scar and these bruise-like shadows around my eyes. I look positively frightful. Well, maybe in a few weeks I'll ask Oliver for some more advice about the rose. We'll see. Anyway, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this very first episode of the newly minted Enlightenment segment. I'm looking forward to learning and sharing so much more about arcanism with you over the next few weeks. For those of you offering your thoughts, wishes and sacrifices at your altars in honour of Madame Marie, I thank you. It really does mean the world. I'm sorry I've not talked more about her today. About losing her. About your kind words, your thoughts and memories. I... I think that will have to wait for a while, faithful listeners. For now, knowing that I appreciate your kind words. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit Box Radio. I've been your temporary... No. I've been your host, Sam Enfield. And I bid you a restful night. Radio is a podcast distributed by Hanging Sloth Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 Sharealike International License. It was created by me, Pippin Aramajer, the voice of Sam Enfield. Music is by Maybe Wednesday. If you like the show, let us know on Twitter at Hanging Sloths or stop by our website, hangingslothstudios.com. If you'd like to help us keep making Spirit Box Radio, you can send us a tip on ko-fi.com forward slash hanging sloths or become a slothling on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash hanging sloth studios where you can get early access to episodes plus loads of other great rewards. You can buy merch in our coffee shop, links in the description. 
Spirit Box Radio is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.